Hey, what's up? <laughs> How's everyone doing? Recovered from yesterday? Got yourself that ice cream? Good night's sleep? Maybe an extra glass of wine with dinner? <laughs> but, call Kavod to everybody. You're back for today. Call Kavod. Sticking to it, huh? That's good. Friends, Dafayin Beis of Masech the Shabbos. Quick little uh, overview before we begin. So we're going to start off with a little bit of complicated stuff. Not too bad, don't worry. Um, talk a little about, uh, about uh, Korban Asham and Shifcha Harufas. Okay, then, uh, and then that's really the first Amud. And then the second Amud, the second half of today's Daf, really gets back into kind of more Shabbosy kind of things. What happens when uh, you unintentionally do a malacha? I mean, you intended to do one thing and you ended up doing a malacha, and that is really going to take us to the end. So let us begin. We're starting all the way at the bottom of Daf Samach. What? No. All the way at the bottom of Daf Ayin Aleph Amud Bez. Okay, here we go. Um, last line of the page. Amar Ula. Okay. Actually, let's do a little intro. So. Okay, there is a few things that we want to know right now. Okay, so there's something that's called an asham. Okay, a uh, korban asham. It's basically I don't know a korban that you bring for certain things that you do. Um, okay, that is a it's a type of korban. It's a korban asham. Now there's something that's called an asham talui. Okay, and an asham talui is sometimes you bring a korban. Okay, when you are not sure if you actually did the um, Avera that you have to bring an Asham for. Okay, so for example, um, there is something that's called an Asham Me'ilos, okay? What is Me'ila? Me'ila means that if you get benefit from um, Kodesh. So for example, uh, let's say you have meat from, I don't know, a Korban Chatas, okay? Now, only a Kohen is allowed to eat this meat, Okay, um, and let's say you eat this meat and you accidentally got Hana from this Kodesh, this Kodesh that you were not allowed to get Hana from. So you would have to bring uh, a Korban in Asham Me'ilos, okay? And in addition, you would also add a, a Chomesh, a fifth, okay? <clears throat> so now what happens, however, if you have two pieces of meat in front of you? One piece of meat is chulin. It's just regular old meat. The other meat, however, is kodesh. It is this kudshim meat that you would not be allowed to get any hana'a from it. And if you do, you would have to bring a, uh, you know, you would be mo'il. You'd be mo'il. And, um, you, you would then have to bring a korban me'ila, uh, asham me'ilos. However, so you, so, so you eat one of these pieces of meat, but you are not sure if you ate the Kodesh meat or if you ate the Chulin meat. So what do you do? So you bring an Asham Talui. You bring a uh, Korban Asham that, so it's not an, an Asham Me'ilos because you don't know if you necessarily um, ate the, the Kodesh. So you bring this, um, you know, in limbo kind of Korban, this Asham Talui, this dependent Korban, right? That just in case you ate um, the... Uh, just in case you ate the Kodesh, 
So then you're bringing this like this ashram talui. And then what happens is if you then later find out 100% that you definitely did eat the Kodesh, you then bring an ashram vada. You then bring an ashram mi'ilos. Okay? So now, there's a machlokas between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Tarfin in Masechta Kresus. Okay? Now over there, Rabbi Akiva says pretty much just like we described. Okay? That. If you had these two pieces of meat in front of you, one was chulin, one was kodesh, you're not sure, you ate one of them, you're not sure which one you ate. So you bring your asham talui, and that's it, and then you wait. And if you don't find out any more, any more information than that, well, zo, okay, so you brought your asham talui, and that is that. If you then later find out that the piece of meat that you ate was the kodesh meat, so then Rabbi Akiva says, at that point, you go back and you now bring an, a, an asham mi'ilos and you add an additional chomesh to, you pay back the value of the meat that you ate plus an additional chomesh. Rabbi Tarifun disagrees. He says that what you can do is, since the actual korban of a ram is the, is the same for the asham talui and for the asham mi'ilos, in both cases you'd be offering a ram. So he says, how about this? Why don't you just bring one korban, right? You had two pieces of meat in front of you. One of them was Kodesh, one of them was Hulin. You don't know which one you ate. And so what you could do is, you could just go to the base of Mikdash one time, bring your ram, and say, look, if I, you know, here's this Ashram Talui, because I don't know if I ate the Kodesh or if I ate the Hulin. And here is also the value of the meat that I ate plus a fifth. And in the event that I did actually eat the Kodesh, will then treat this Korban as my Asham Me'ilos, right? And treat this money that I'm bringing as the, you know, value plus the Chomesh. And if I didn't eat the, the um, Kodesh meat, and I ate the Chulin meat, well then, this animal is just going to be an Asham Talui, and this money that I'm giving just, here's a donation, okay? Um, that is Rabbi Tyrone's opinion. So we see that Rabbi Akiva requires that you have to have yedia at the time that you bring the 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 korban asham, right? According to Rabbi Akiva, right, you would not be able to simply make this condition, this tnai that Rabbi Tarfon makes, like just you know, if I didn't eat, you know, if I ate the chulin, well then this is just an ashram talui and it's a donation, the money's a donation. But if I ate the kodesh, then this will be my ashram. According to Abikiva, that would not work because you don't at the time that you're bringing the korban, you don't know for sure right now that you actually ate the kodesh, right? According to Abikiva, in order to bring this ashram meilos, you would have to know with 100% certainty that you ate the 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 kachim me okay um whereas a retirement says no you don't necessarily have to have a idea at the time that you offer the korban and therefore even if at, the, if at the time that i offer this ram i don't yet know if i actually ate the uh uh meat or if i ate the chulin meat and i only find out later that's okay i don't need to have a idea a 100 percent certain knowledge that i did that i ate the kachim at the time that i bring this Asham Me'ilos, okay? So, so, so that's Machlokas between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Tarfun regarding do you require Yedia at the time that you bring your Korban Asham or do you not require Yedia at the time that you bring uh, your Korban Asham? Rabbi Akiva says yes, you do require Yedia. Rabbi Tarfun says no, you do not require Yedia.
Let's talk about one more thing, friends. There's something called a shifcha harufa. Who knows what a shifcha harufa is? It's a little bit, not exactly complicated, but there are a little, a few pieces to it. Okay, so you have this um, shifcha. You have this uh, uh, maid servant who's basically the same thing as an evid kanani, but the female version. Okay, so a non-Jewish maid servant. Now, she is owned in this case by two masters. Okay, now. A shifcha harufa, a, a, a shifcha uh, kenanis is chayavis in mitzvos, right? And when she uh, goes free, so then she becomes a Jew, uh, she, she, she's Jewish, okay? So now what happened was she has two, she's owned by two masters. One of the masters um, frees her. So she's 50% free, 50% shifcha. Now, an in ev, in uh, ivri, a Jewish slave, is allowed to marry a shifcha kenanis. Is allowed, I guess it's one of the perks of being a Jewish slave. You can marry a shifcha kenanis. So now you have this Eved and she is now engaged to this Eved Ivri fellow. And she's also 50% free and 50% not free. And then some other guy comes along and sleeps with her. That is a shifcha harufa, ladies and gentlemen. So, the halacha is that if somebody sleeps with a shifcha harufa, he has to bring a korban asham. He has to bring a korban asham. Okay. With that intro, let's move on to the Gemara. Okay. So we know that if somebody sleeps with a shifcha harufa, he has to bring a korban asham. We also know that there's a machlokas between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Tarfon regarding when you bring a korban asham, do you have to know with 100% certainty that, um, you know, that, that you did the avera that for which you're bringing the korban asham. Amr Ula says Ula Lamanda Amr Asham Vadai Lo Ba So according to Rabbi Tarfin, who says that to bring a asham vadai, to bring a, a, a korban asham, um, you do not need to have 100% certainty in advance that you are chayav to bring this korban. What the heck is flickering? There's something flickering over here. I don't know what it is. Is it maybe the light? I have no clue. Maybe something's flying past like the sun or something. I don't know. I don't know what to do. It's a little distracting though, but in any event. So <clears throat> according to Rabbi Tarfin, so then Yidiyah, knowledge, does not play an integral role in bringing a Korban Asham, right? Because even if you don't have uh, total knowledge even if you don't have 100% knowledge at the time that you bring the korban, that you did it, that you're chayv to bring the korban, you could still bring it nonetheless. So according to Rabbi Tarifon, Yidiya, knowledge does not play an integral role in bringing a korban asham. Okay, fine. So now, Bo'el chamesh be'ilos b'shifcha harufa. So if somebody slept with a shifcha harufa five times, now there's one more piece to this actually, which is that um, there's a Mishnah in Masechta Kresus which says that um, if somebody sleeps with a Shifcha Harufa five times, even if it's B'mezid, if somebody sleeps with a Shifcha Harufa five times, he only has to bring one Korban Asham for all five of that, all, all five times he sleeps with her. So now, if he slept with her five times, B'Shifcha Harufa, and adds the... the um, the um, Gilion that Vinodalo Bain Kolachas Vachas and in between each time that he slept with her, he found out that she was a Shifcha Harufa, 
and that he would be chayv to bring a korban asham. Uh, but then somehow he tended managed to forget again before each time he slept with the next time he slept with her. So so he slept with the shifcha charufa five times. Right, and he found out in between each time that she was a shifcha charufa. He's only chayv to bring a korban uh, one korban asham because. The Gemara wants to say, Ula wants to say, that according to Rabbi Typhon, Yidiyah, knowledge, doesn't really play a big role in Korban Ashams. And then we don't really care so much that there was a Yidiyah in between each of the five times that he slept with her. And therefore, um, he could still just bring one Korban for all five times. Maskif Nuna. So now Rav Nuna asks Akasha. But Elameata, let me ask you Akasha. Ba'al Vihifrish Corbin, what if he slept with her one time and then he separated a Corbin that he's going to bring for his Corbin Ashram and then he slept with her again and then he separated another Corbin, etc. The Amram Tinuli Evil, and then he says, right, so he basically sleeps with her one time, sets aside a Corbin that he's going to bring for his Ashram, and then he says, wait, people, I just want to sleep with her one more time. Are you still going to say, that that Corbin that he set aside for his Asham from having slept with her the first time is going to work for the second time after he already set it aside and said, wait for me, I, I just want to hop around one more time and, and, and it'll be included with the same Corbin. So Amar so Ula Setev Amnuna, you're, you're asking me that if he does this Maise, that, right, that if he sleeps with her again after he already set aside a Corbin, would that be would that second time that he sleeps with her be included in that first Corbin that he separated? Of course not. He would have to bring a separate Corbin for that second time that he sleeps with her. Right? When 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 we're saying that Ula's so Ula's saying that when 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 this person sleeps with her five times and there was knowledge that she was a shifcha Shifcha in between each of the five times, he didn't actually set aside a Corbin. He just knew and then somehow forgot again, I guess. And then we're saying he could just bring one Corbin for all of them. But if he had set aside a Corbin already, well then, um, you know, he would have to bring a separate Corbin for each instance. Ki asa Ravdimi Amar. Now, when Ravdimi came from Eretz Yisrael to Babel, he said the following. Betrila. So according to Rabbi Akiva, who requires that at the time that you bring the asham, you know with 100% certainty that you did the um, thing that is, is going to require you to bring this korban asham, i.e. Yediyah, knowledge, does play a significant role in uh, bringing a korban asham. So, so if he slept with his shifcha charufa five times, and in between each of the five times, he did find out that she was a shifcha charufa. Well, then chayav akol achas ve'achas. You're going to be chayav. Everyone is going to agree, going to agree that you're going to be chayav five korbanos since um, yidiyah plays a significant role, and therefore we care about the fact that in between each time he slept with her, he found out that she was a shifcha charufa, and he's going to have to bring five separate korban. Uh, I don't know if I said korban chatases, but 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 korban ashams. So Amrle Abaye. So now Abaye though said to Ravdimi, but are chatas diba'inan yidiya batchila? But what about a korban chatas? 
Korban Khatas, we you have to have knowledge in order to be in the Korban Khatas, right? So if I um eat Khalev by accident, okay, so I only bring a Korban Khatas when I find when I know for sure that I ate the Khalev. So right, so Korban Khatas requires knowledge, and yet, of course, yesterday we had the machlokas between Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi and Rish Lakish, if you have to bring multiple korbanos or one is enough. Ufligi Rabbi Yochanan Rabbi Shim ben Lakish. And there's machlokas Rabbi Yochanan Rabbi Shim ben Lakish. Meaning, if a person eats two pieces of chelev in one helem, and then he finds out, and then he has separate yediyas, right? He finds out about the kazesim of chelev separately. So Rabbi Yochanan says that you have to bring two korban chatases. But Rish Lakish, however, says, one chatas would be enough. And therefore, how come um, Rav Dimi is saying that when it comes to the Shifcha Harufa, where he only needs to bring one korban for all five be'ilos, just like when it comes to chelev, that you eat behelem achas, you only have to bring one korban, right? Now, Rav Dimi wants to say that everyone would agree, Rish Lakish and Rabbi Yochanan would agree, that when it comes to this Shifcha Harufa, that if there was, that according to Rabbi Akiva, who says that knowledge is an important role in bringing a Korban Asham, well then everyone would agree that since he had knowledge in between each time that he slept with her, that he would have to bring five Korban Ashams. Even, even Reish Lakish would, would agree to that. But Abai says, why would Reish Lakish agree? By Korban Chatas, which has this element of Yediyah, Rish Lakish nonetheless says that even though he found out about the two Kizesim of Chelev separately, you would still only be able to bring one Korban Chatas for both. So I have to assume that Rish Lakish would say the same thing here by Shifcha Harufa, that even though there was a idea in between each time, you would still be able to bring one Korban for all of them. Ishtik. And guess what? Rav Dimi was quiet. He didn't have an answer to that question. Maybe what you meant to say is that if he slept with her five times and in between each of the five times he actually set aside a korban, then he would have to bring a separate korban? Amalei in said, yeah, yep, 100%. That is what I meant. And that's just like Rav Amnuna who said that if he, right, what, what, what did he say? Right. Well, he didn't say it. Ula said that, but that was based on his question, right? That that um, when you set aside a korban and then do the ma'isa afterwards, um, you would bring separate korbanos. Okay. Kiyosu Ravin Omar. When Ravin came from Eretz to Bavel, he said the following: Hakomodim b'shivcha harufa. Everyone agrees by a shivcha harufa. Okay. What do they agree about? We'll have to see. Ve'akomodim b'shivcha harufa, and also everybody agrees by shivcha harufa again. What do they agree about this time? I don't know. We'll have to see. Machlokas b'shivcha harufa. There's also machlokas when it comes to shivcha harufa. What's the machlokas? I don't know. We'll have to see. But it's all based on stuff that we know already from this stuff. So akol modem b'shivcha harufa. So when we say that everyone agrees by shivcha harufa, de'eno chayv ela achas kideula, that you're only going to be chayv one korban asham. Like Ula, meaning that Ula says that according to Rabbi Tarfin, who says that um, knowledge does not play an important role in bringing a korban asham, well, in that case, 
if he sleeps with a shifcha harufa five times, even if he finds out in between each time that she's a shifcha harufa, you would still only bring one korban. Everyone agrees about that. And everyone also agrees. And everyone also agrees that when it comes to a shifcha harufa, if he, he set aside a korban between each time that he slept with her, well then he is going to uh, bring you know, five korban ashams. Like a Rav Hamnuna. And there's also an argument by Shifcha Harufa. What's that argument? According to Rabbi Akiva, who says that knowledge does play an important role when it comes to a Korban Asham, well then, um, Rabbi Yochanan would say that if he found out in between each time he slept with her that she's a Shiv Harufa, he would have to bring five korbanis. Whereas Reish Lakish would say you only need to bring one korban, just like he would say by when he ate two pieces of chelev in one helem, um, he would only need to bring one korban, even though he found out about, even though there was a separate yediyas. Alright, you guys got that right? Wasn't, wasn't so crazy. Alright, let's go weiter, friends. This next part is, is, is cool. Itmar, it was stated, Okay. Let's say in his chotzer, let's say in his courtyard, he has a tomato patch and he's got a knife lying over there on the floor in the tomato patch. He goes to pick up the knife and guess what happens? He accidentally cuts off a tomato from the plant. So, he intended to pick up something that was not connected to the ground, i.e. he intended to just pick up a knife. And in the process, he, he, he did something that he had no intention to do at all. He wasn't even thinking about it. He wasn't even doing it. He was just picking up a knife. And what happened? The next thing he knows, there's a tomato on the floor. He cut off a tomato by accident. So everyone agrees in that case, Potter. Because that's what's called misasek. Rashi explains it very nicely. At the end of the second Rashi on the page, Right, the first thin line of Rashi he says, This guy was busy picking up the knife. He was not busy cutting things. He was busy picking up a knife. The next thing he knows, there's a tomato on the floor. He's going to be potter because it's what's called misasik. He was, he was busy with something else, you know, and all of a sudden some kind of unintended consequence happened. Um, that is, is, is going to be okay. Doesn't have to be a korban chatas. This is where it gets more um, where there's a machlokas. What if you intended to cut something that was separated from the ground? So that's okay, right? Let's say you had one tomato there that was already, you know, you picked it before Shabbos, and you were cutting it, and the next thing you know, you accidentally cut another tomato off of the vine on Shabbos. So what happens in that case? So Rava Amar Potter Abaya Amar Chayev. So in this case, Machlokas Abaya and Rava. Rava says he's Potter, and Abaya says he's Chayev. Rava Amar Potter, Rava says he's Potter because look, at the end of the day, he did not intend to cut something in an Asur way, right? Meaning, everything we've been talking about so far about Shogeg on Shabbos, right? Meaning, in this, so let's think about it. Did he know it was Shabbos? Yes, he knew it was Shabbos. Did he know that um, cutting something that is connected to the ground on Shabbos is Asr? Yes, he knew that that was Asr. But he had no intention to do that. His intention was to cut something that was disconnected from the ground. His intention was to cut this tomato that he picked yesterday. All of a sudden, he sees that there's a 
tomato lying on the floor that he cut off something from the from 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 the from the plant. But Rava says, look, that 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 isn't going to be considered shogeg. That was completely unintended, and and therefore he's going to be potter from having to bring a carbon. Whereas Abaye Amar Chayv Da Kami Chayv Lachticha Ba'amis. Whereas Abaye says, look, sure, it's unfortunate that he cut off this tomato from the from 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 the plant, but he was after all intending to cut. It's not like you know by the by the knife he was just picking up a knife and all of a sudden the next thing he notices there's a tomato on the floor he was intending to pick something up and all the while he ended up cutting something down so he intended to do one melacha which meaning one activity which was permitted and the next thing you know is something not else that's unpermitted happened everyone agrees that that's okay he's not gonna have to bring a korban chatas but Abayi says look at the end of the day in this case he was intending to cut and he did cut Okay, it happens to be that what ended up getting cut was not necessarily what he intended to cut, but you know, he intended to cut and he did cut. I'm sorry that it ended up being that you cut something that you didn't intend to cut, but you know, this was your intention to do this activity and therefore you're going to bring a korban chatas. On my Rava, says Rava, how come I say that when he intended to cut the talush and he cut the mechubar, that he is potter? The Tanya. As we learn in a brisa, Chomer b'Shabbos mi Shar Mitzvahs v'Chomer Shar Mitzvahs mi b'Shabbos mi Shabbos. Shabbos is more strict than other mitzvahs, but at the same time, other mitzvahs are more strict than Shabbos, and we're going to explain all of this. Chomer Shabbos mi Shar Mitzvahs. Shabbos is more strict than other mitzvahs. Shah Shabbos also Shtayim belim Echad Chayev Akolachas veAchas Mashen Kim b'Shar Mitzvahs. And again, we're going to explain this. That on Shabbos, when he does uh, two malachis in one, you know, helem, uh, so he's going to be chayev for each one, of course, assuming that it is zadon Shabbos for shigigas malachis. If he knows it's Shabbos and he doesn't realize that these two things are also to do on Shabbos, so he's going to be chayev a korban for each one. Which is not the case by other mitzvahs. We're going to explain in what context. But if you would do multiple uh, mitzvahs and one, uh, multiple of these other various in one he would only be chayv one korban chatas. And at the same time, there are cases when other mitzvahs are more strict than Shabbos. Since by other mitzvahs, if you made a mistake without intending, you would be chayv to bring a korban chatas, whereas on Shabbos you are going to be potter. We're going to have to explain what this bit means, but this is Rava's proof that for his opinion, his support for his opinion that if he intended to cut something that was disconnected from the ground, but he then ended up cutting something unintentionally that was connected to the ground, Rava says he would be potter and he somehow learns it from this brisa. Now, we have to unpack this brisa to understand what it means all these stricter and less strict and all that stuff. Omar Ma, we just said, Chomer Shabbos Mishar Mitzvahs. So we say that Shabbos is more strict than other mitzvahs. How come? Shah Shabbos also Shtayim Be'elem Echad. That on Shabbos, if you did two Melachis in one He'elem, Chayv Okalachas Vachas, you're going to be Chayv for each of the Melachas that you did, a Korban Chatas. Masha'en Ke'en Bishar Mitzvahs, which is not the case by other mitzvahs, you'd only be Chayv one Korban Chatas. Hey Chidami, what is this talking about? If we're saying, well, he knew it was Shabbos, he didn't realize that uh, grinding and harvesting is Aser, and therefore he has to bring two Korban Chathases. 
The Chavos Egab Bishar Mitzvahs, what would be the equivalent case regarding other mitzvahs? Well, Achol Chelev V'dam. What if he eats a Kazayis of Chelev and, 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 and a Revius of Dam? So, Hacha Tarte Michayev, Hacha Tarte Michayev. Well, that wouldn't be a good example because on Shabbos he would be Chayev two Korbanos, one for Ktsira and one for Trina. But then again, also by Chelev and by Dam, you would also be Chayev two Korban two Chatases, one for the Chelev and one for the Dam. But we're looking for a case where by Shar Mitzvahs you'd only have to bring one Korban Chatas. Okay. Ella. Well, what would be an example by Shar Mitzvahs where you'd only have to bring one Korban Chatas? Well, the Achal Chelev V'Chelev. Okay, let's say it's talking about where he eats two Kizesim of Chelev and yet he only has to bring one Korban Chatas. Well, well, what would be the equivalent in Shabbos land? Well, if he did Kitsira twice in the same Helem, he would only be Chayev, one Korban Chatas as well. So again, what is the case where on Shabbos you would do two Malachis and you would be Chayev two Korbanis, yet by some, by other, you know, other Averis, you do two of them and you only Chayev one Korban. So the Olam, David Kitsira Utchina, so really it's talking about where he um, harvested any ground and therefore he has to bring two korbanis. Umay mitzvis. So what is the equivalent case by other mitzvahs where it would be potter? I'm sorry, where we would only have to bring one korban? It's talking about avodah like Rabbi Ami. The Amr Rabbi Ami zibeach v'kiter v'nisech v'alama the Rabbi Ami says that if a person sacrificed and burnt uh, incense, I believe, and, and poured libations, wine libations, all in the same he'elem, he'd only be chayev one korban chatas. There you go. There you go. So on Shabbos, while if he does kitsira and trina, he'd be chayev two korban chatases. By Vedazara, if he does uh, uh, zibuach and kitor and nisuch in one helem, he would nonetheless only have to bring one korban chatas. Okay, so my came to Okay, so what? So we're saying that Shabbos obviously refers to Shabbos and Shar Mitzvot refers to Avodah Well, Ema Seifa knew there were two parts to that brisa. We just read the first part. What's the second part? Chomer b'Shar Mitzvot mi. Right, so Chomer Bishar Mitzvis, that there is also a context in which other mitzvahs, which we're now assuming is Avodah Zara, is more Chamor than Shabbos. Okay. Shebishar Mitzvis, Shagag Blom Chav, Miskavin Chayav, Mashenkin Bishabbos. That if you made a mistake without Kavana by other mitzvahs, which we're assuming right now is Avodah Zara, you would nonetheless be Chayav. Whereas by Shabbos you would be potter. Okay. So hi Shagat Echidami. Well, what is this case in Avodazara where you did a shogeg without kavana and you are going to be chayev? Well, if it's because if it's talking about a situation where he thought that he was bowing down to a synagogue, but in the end it turns out that he was bowing down to a Avodazara temple. Look, at the end of the day, his heart was to God, was to Hashem. And 
therefore he's not going to be chayev. So, I mean, we're looking for a case where Shagag Blo Miskavin would be chayev. But over here, Libo was Lashamayim, his heart was to God, and therefore he's not going to be chayev. Okay, so what they would do is, uh, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily that much different than today, but they, well, I think it is different than today in that they would bow down, but they would make uh, statues of kings, uh, I think after they died, and then you, people would bow down to it. But not necessarily as Nevodazar, but more out of respect. So, so what's the case over there? Well, if this fellow accepted this statue of this dead king as his god, well, then it's just straight up a vodazar. It wouldn't be chayev achatas, he'd be chayev, I think, kares. Now, if um, he didn't accept it as a god, well, I mean, this, it's not a vodazar. It's like some king that they would bow down to, but out of more out of honor than, than out of a vodazar. So then he wouldn't be chayev achatas. Shalom yahabu miyira. Okay. So let's say it's talking about a situation where he bows down to Navodazara, not because he believes in Navodazara, but either out of love of somebody that he wants to bow down to Navodazara out of love of this person, or maybe he's scared of a person, therefore he bows down to the Navodazara. Um, and in that case, he would bring a Korban Chatas. But, um, Now, not to be confused with the Abai and Rava from the top of the page by when you intended to cut something disconnected and you cut something connected, which is like kind of what we're bringing this Bryce to prove. No, we're not talking about that Abayi and Rava. We're talking about a Machlok as Abayi and Rava in Sanhedrin, right? Where it says that if somebody bows down to an idol, may Ahava umiyira out of love or out of fear, so then Abayi says he would be Chayib, but Rava says that he would be Potter. So if we want to say that this situation by Avodah where you do something Bishogeg below Miskavin, we're saying that it's talking about where he bows down to an idol out of Avo Viyira and he's chayav to bring a korban. Well, that's really only going to make sense according to Abaye. But Rava's opinion is that he would be potter. So we'd rather obviously look for a case where, you know, it would be according to everybody. Right? So Anichal Abaye, Domer Chayav, Rava Domer Potter, Maikal Memar, Ella, Baomer Mutter. Fine. So let's say it's talking about where you assume that it's Mutter to bow down to the Savodazar. As Rashi says, Maybe it's talking about this Gershon is Geir Ben Nachim that we mentioned the other day. If you have a convert who converted amongst the Gentiles and he just never knew that Avodazar wasn't allowed. Okay? And then he bowed down to this Avodazar. So we're going to say that by Avodazar he'd be chayv to bring a korban chatas. And, but I guess the assumption would have to be, and the Gemara is about to ask this, that the assumption would be that on Shabbos, if you didn't know that something was Asr, so then you wouldn't have to bring a korban chatas. Which the Gemara says, what? Meaning, if we then take the flip side of this b'risa, right? They were saying that there are some times when, when, when shar mitzvahs are more strict than Shabbos. And we're saying that shar mitzvahs is avodah zarah. And we're saying that sometimes by avodah zarah, if you are a gersh and gai ben anachrim, and you thought that avodah zarah was mutter, and you bowed down to the avodah zarah, you would nonetheless be chayv to bring a korban chatas. But the flip side, on Shabbos, if you thought that something was mutter, and you did it on Shabbos, you'd be putter, from a korban chatas? What do you mean? That, right, that's exactly like classic shogeg on Shabbos, right? You knew it was Shabbos, you thought that this thing was mutter, and therefore you did it. Of course you can make chayav a korban chatas. Lo. 
right? If you remember back to Daf Ayin Amar Beis two days ago, so Rava asked Rav Nachman, he says, what if a person didn't know it was Shabbos and he also didn't know that these things weren't allowed to be done on Shabbos? So he says, should it be Chayv one Korban Chattas or two Korban Chattas? But certainly he didn't, he's not going to assume that he doesn't have to bring anything at all. No, of course he has to bring a Korban Chattas. The question is how many, right? But certainly he has to bring a Korban Chattas. So just because on Shabbos you don't know that something is a Malacha, that you shouldn't be doing something on Shabbos, doesn't mean that you don't have to bring Korban Chattas. Of course you have to bring a Korban Chattas. So again, what is the case where by Avodah Zarah, if you were Shogeg below Miskavin, you would be Chayav a Korban, Chatas, but on Shabbos you'd be Pater? Shalalav, Reish of Avodah Zarah, the safe of Bishar Mitzvahs. Okay. Rather, we have to treat the first part of this Brisa and the second part of this Brisa separately. The first part of the Brisa is talking about Avodah Zarah, okay? And it's saying, that on Shabbos, if you um, were to harvest and also to grind, you'd be chayv two chataos. But by Vodazara, in if in one helem you uh, sacrificed and also burnt uh, incense and also poured wine libations um, in one helem, so you'd only have to bring one korban chatas. Now the second part of that brisa, which is saying that if um, you, right, that sometimes, um, uh, other mitzvos can be more strict than Shabbos. That is talking about just other mitzvos. It's not talking about Avodazar anymore. Okay, so what is it talking about? Vishagag below miskaven bishar mitzvos heichidami. So what's the case by other mitzvos when you were shogeg below miskaven and you chayav achatas, whereas on Shabbos you'd be potter? Tisavr dishumanhu v'achlo. That if there was fat in front of you, and you thought it was shuman, shuman is fats that are allowed to be eaten. But in the end, it turned out to be chilev, okay? To suffer shuman hu v'achalo, that you thought it was shuman and you ate it, and it turned out to be um, chilev, so you would be a chayev, a korban chatas. Masha'en came b'shabes de potter, which is not the case on Shabbos, where you'd be potter, dineskaven lachtoch es atalush, v'chasach es amachubar potter. That on Shabbos, if you intended to cut something that was separate from the ground, but you ended up eating something that was uh, cutting something that was connected to the ground, you will be potter. And that is how Rava explains that this brisa is coming to support his opinion. Remember, Rava said that if you intend to cut something that is separated from the ground, and you ended up cutting something that is connected to the ground, Rava says that you would be potter. That is analogous to the situation where you intended to eat shuman, something that is permitted, and you ended up eating chaylev, which is not permitted. And we say that you'd be chayev to, that that you would be bidyuk. You'd be chayev to bring a korban chatas, right? And we're saying that that is why other mitzvahs are more chamur than on Shabbos. Because while, this Bryce is saying that while when it comes to other mitzvahs, while when it comes to chaylev, if you thought that it was one thing, and it was really another that you thought that you were eating shuman, and in the end you ended up eating chelev. You'd be chayav korban chadas. The analogous situation on Shabbos, however, you'd be potter for, which is if you thought that you were cutting something that's disconnected from the ground, and you ended up cutting something that is connected to the ground. Rava wants to argue that the Bryce is saying that you'd be potter. Now Abai, however, says that if you intended to cut something that is disconnected from the ground, and you ended up cutting something that is connected to the ground, you would be chayev. So how does he explain this b'risa? 
So Vabaye Shogag below Miskaven Echidami. What is this Shogag below Miskaven that you chayev by Shah Mitzvahs but Pater on Shabbos? The suffer Roku Uvlao. Okay, so in that case, Abai says, no, it's not talking about where you thought it was Shuman and it ended up being Chalev. It was, whatever this fat was, it was like uh, dissolved and it was like a liquid and it looked kind of like spit. And he thought that it was spit. Isn't that gross? He thought that it was spit. So, and he, and he ate that. Now, spit, you don't eat. You swallow it, but you don't eat it, right? And because you don't, so it's considered like two separate things. I Meaning you intended to swallow the spit, but you ended up eating the Chalev, right? So you didn't intend to eat, but you ended up eating. And we're saying that by Shar Mitzvos, you would nonetheless be Chayav, a Korban Chatas, for eating Chalev. Masha Enkin, Bishabes, the Potter, where you'd be Potter, the Neskavin, Lagbeas, Atalos, Vachasachas, Amchuber, Potter. Because we know that on Shabbos, if you intended to pick up a knife, and while you're picking up this knife, you accidentally cut off a tomato from the, from, from the plant, so you'd be Potter, right? Because those are two separate things. You thought you were picking up something, and then you ended up cutting something off the ground. You're going to be Potter for that. Here also, right? And that's analogous to our situation with the chalev and the spit. You thought that you were swallowing spit, which is not achila, but you ended up doing achila for the shuman. You ended up eating shuman because it was actually, uh, not, not shuman, chalev, because it was actually chalev. So Abai is saying that while by other mitzvot, while by the spit and the chalev, you would be chayev to bring a korban. On Shabbos, however, you'd be potter, meaning if you intended to pick up a knife, but ended up cutting down a tomato from the, from the plant, you would be um, potter. However, However, Abai would maintain his opinion that if you intended to cut something that is disconnected from the plant, but ended up cutting something that is connected to the plant, you would be chayv because at the end of the day, you know, it's all the same thing. You, you know, cutting is cutting. You know, sure, you intended to cut one thing, you ended up cutting the other thing, but you intended, it's all within the context of cutting, and therefore you'd be chayv a korban chatas. That was daf ayin uh, beis. Let's do a recap. So we started off talking a shtickel about um, Asham Vadai. Do you need knowledge when you bring an Asham Vadai? Uh, Rabbi Kiva says yes. And therefore you wouldn't be able to just, you know, if you if you had two pieces of meat in front of you, one of them was Chul and one of them was Kodesh, you wouldn't simply, and you ate one of them, you're not sure which one, you wouldn't be able to simply, uh, you know, bring a ram and say, look, here's the ram, for now it's an Asham Taloi. If I f- find out later that I actually ate the Kodesh, so then... It'll just work as an asham vade. No, you have to know exa- You have to have explicit knowledge at the time that you bring the korban. Whereas Rabbi Tarfin says you don't have to have explicit knowledge, and therefore you would be able to make this condition that look, I don't know right now if I eat the kodesh. So right now it's an asham talui. But if I find out later that I did actually eat the kodesh, well then this will be an asham vade. Now, <clears throat> Ravin, when he came, so then we had some different discussions about asham uh, vade in the context of shifcha harufa. Which then concluded with Ravan coming from Eitzisal to Bavel and saying that, you know, everyone agrees when it comes to, uh, the, what does it say? Everyone agrees by Shifcha Harufa. And additionally, everyone agrees by Shifcha Harufa. And there's also Machlokas by Shifcha Harufa. So we say that everyone agrees that by Shifcha Harufa, that according to Rabbi Tarfon, who does not require explicit knowledge when you bring the, um, the Ashram Vadai, that if he sleeps with this Shifcha Harufa five times, even though there's knowledge in between each time, right? But according to Rabbi for knowledge is not important, so therefore you'd only have to bring one Korban Chatas for all five. Everyone also agrees that if he had set aside a Korban for his Asham in between each time he slept with her, then he'd have to bring um, five Korban Chatas, uh, five, five Korban Ashams. And there's a Machlokas between Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish, just like our Machlokas yesterday, where Rabbi Yochanan says you'd have to bring multiple 
um, korbanos. And Rishlaga says you don't have to bring one korban. That is um, where that's according to Rabbi Akiva, who says that um, knowledge is significant when it comes to a korban ashram. And in this case, he slept with the shivcha churufa five times, and there was knowledge that she was a shivcha churufa in between each of the five times. Rabbi Yochanan would say you have to bring five korban ashrams. Rishlaga would say you would only have to bring one. Now. What happens, and now we're kind of moving on to when you intend to do one thing but end up doing another thing, would you have to bring a korban chatas on Shabbos? So everyone agrees that if you intend to pick up a knife from the ground, and while you're picking up the knife, you accidentally cut off a tomato from the from your plant. So everyone agrees that you'd be potter there because you're misasik. You were, you, you were busy picking up a knife, and all of a sudden, this other malacha, which you completely had no intention to do, got done. And that is cutting the tomato from the plant. You'd be potter for that. Now, what happens, however, if you intend to cut and you do cut? What happens if you're intending to cut something that's disconnected from the ground, but you intend, but you end up cutting something that's connected to the ground, which is not allowed? So do we treat it like when you're picking up the knife and then suddenly the tomato ends up on the floor? Or do we, uh, or do we say that, no, this case is different since at the end of the day, he was intending to cut and he did cut. Rava says you're going to be potter. Abai says you're going, 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 going to be chayev. That's funny. Okay. Um, now, we brought, Rava then brought this brysa to support him, right? And in the brysa we said that sometimes Shabbos is more chamur than other averos because on Shabbos, if you do uh, uh, harvesting and um, grinding, you'll be chayv two korbanos, whereas by other averos, which we defined as being avodazara, you'd only be, have to bring one korban that if you do, um, if you sacrifice and burn incense and uh, pour wine libations to in one helam, you only have to bring one korban. But then we said that, however, sometimes other uh, um, um, mitzvot are more chamur than Shabbos. And at the beginning, we tried to make it sense with, uh, make it make sense with uh, Avodazar, but then, then we said that no, this second part can't be talking about Avodazar, it's talking about other mitzvot. And Rava says that that's talking about when you intended to eat Shuman, which is Motor, but you ended up eating Chelev, which is not allowed, that by other mitzvot, you would have to bring a korban chatos. But on Shabbos, when you intend to cut something that's disconnected from the ground, but you ended up cutting something connected to the ground, you would be potter. So that's his proof from this brisa that um, you know when you intended to cut something disconnected from the ground, because something connected to the ground, you'd be potter. Whereas Abaye defines that uh, brisa as saying, no, that's talking about when your chayev is when you intended to eat, you thought that it was spit, and you intended to you know swallow the spit, but you ended up eating shuman, uh, eating chalev. So that is where you'd be chayev. Whereas on Shabbos, if you intended to pick up the knife and you ended up cutting something off the tree, you would be potter. But however, if you intended to cut something dis- disconnected from the ground, but you ended up cutting something connected to the ground, you would be chayev according to Abaye. That's Daf Ein Beis. I hope everybody enjoyed Daf Ein Beis. And I hope you enjoy your day. Bye.